Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. Are you looking for motivation and encouragement on your path to becoming a better leader? If so, you've come to the right place. Keep listening to find a community of leaders committed to learning and taking action to improve their world. The Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. Here's your host, Josh Friedemann. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast this week and happy Monday to you. Now, I say happy Monday, realizing that not all of you may be listening to this on the Monday that this episode airs, but I've always hated the stigma of Mondays being something that people don't like. I think that's a narrative that people can easily get into, and the truth is, when we have that attitude, it affects the people around us, and today on the podcast, we're going to be hearing from someone who wants to help people think about what they're bringing when they show up, and I think that's such a vital thing for leaders especially to be aware of what they're bringing whenever they show up to a place and how they're influencing the people around them. Now, we're going to get right into the interview today, but I encourage you to come back on Friday when we have our discussion episode and delve deeper into some of the things that you're going to hear in the interview in just a moment and give you some of our key takeaways. Our guest today wants to help you bring your best self to the table in order to create significant positive impact in your life. She's the creator of the IEP method, which stands for Intentional Energetic Presence, and is an advisor and thinking partner to leaders and organizations around the world. She's written three books. Her first is called Contagious Culture. Her second is The Leader You Will Be. And her third, which was released just last week, is called Contagious You. Unlock your power to influence, lead, and create the impact you want. Here is Anise Kavanaugh. Anise, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Josh, for having me. So to help us get to know you as a leader, before getting into our discussion topic for the day, I'm going to ask you a few intro questions. So you ready for this? Great. Yes, I love these. All righty. So what is some lesson saying or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? Mm, okay. So I have a couple. Um, every they're, they're, they're little sound bites that I use that I keep in my body and in my subconscious as much as possible. And they've all come from experiences in my life. So the first one is uh, that life is in relationship. No matter what, life is in relationship. The second one is the quality of your results is the quality of your communication. The third is um, really looking at what's the littlest thing I can do in any moment to help things go better, no matter how funky things are going, what's the littlest thing I could do. And the fourth one is what is most in service of this moment. Use three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is? In relationship, well-resourced, and present and intentional. What is a question that leaders should be asking either themselves or others? Am I having the impact I want? And how am I taking care of myself in order to have that impact? What book would you recommend to leaders? Oh, Arbinger Institute, Leadership and Self-Deception, Getting Out of the Box. Absolutely. If you could get every listener to start doing something this week to help them be a better leader, what would that thing be? (laughs) I would have them, I would invite them to take a breath, take a minute to get in front of whatever they've got going on right now, and to take really good care of themselves. 
And finally, our arbitrary but insightful question, which really sets the course for the rest of this interview, so no pressure. As a general <laughs> life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Mm, I actually don't ask either of those. I like to ask what and who. Mm. So let's go ahead and get into our topic for today, which is going to center around your new book, Contagious You. This is your third book, and I'm wondering... Could you tell us a little bit about it, but also how are you using this to build off of what you've already created with your previous two books, and what does this book add to your work? Oh, great. Um, all right. So a couple of years ago, I wrote Contagious Culture. Contagious Culture was uh, show up, set the tone, and intentionally create an organization that thrives and it's still out there and available and all that good stuff. And it was really focused on uh, how each of us create the culture that the way, you know, most people think that culture is created out there with, you know, our, uh, the C-suite or our bosses or everybody around us creates a culture. But what I've really found in my work over the last 20 years is that it's every single one of us that's creating the culture. We each set the tone and the most important part to setting a culture is each of us showing up really beautifully and taking really good care of ourselves. So that entire book was devoted to building a healthier, um, and authentically sustainable culture. And the big surprise in that book was that you are the culture. And so that it goes through, there was, you know, a, a very deep dive into organizational dynamics and then how every single one of us impacts those organizational dynamics. So then Contagious You now, a couple years later, is coming off of um, that book and looking at all the questions and the requests and the feedback and the things that I've watched people really bump up against over the last couple of years in integrating contagious culture and looking at how do they deepen their IEP practice even more, their intentional energetic presence? How do they build their energetic field? How do they navigate the challenges that come up in culture really authentically and really um, uh, as an invitation versus being force in that organization. And so contagious culture is for culture, business, dynamics, all that. Contagious you is now going deeper into you are the culture, you and your personal leadership, and really giving people frameworks and tools to support themselves in showing up in a way that will ultimately create culture. So the two books work really beautifully together. I kind of wrote them to be um, BFFs or business partners, so to speak, um, and there's something different in each of them that if, when I look at those two books together, that creates, it's kind of a culmination of this entire body of work. Um, the leader you will be is actually a, a leadership storybook. It's only the poem. It's a poem that is 100 or 1033 words. And it's something that I uh, wrote years ago. Um, that I just, I get these, um, little downloads. It's one of my little fun things that I do with poetry and, I was working with some organizations and there was some really big things happening in their culture. And I, you know, wrote this poem about, you know, what, what is, what does leadership really look like? And wh who is the leader you will be if you are really showing up in a way that's authentic and sustainable and invitational to people around you. So leader you'll be is a poem. I wrote it. I didn't think too much about it. I started sharing it when I was giving keynotes and then I started getting asked for copies of it. And then my team and I, decided to make it into this really beautiful little storybook. And so it's it's kind of the one in between and that pulls everything together. I love it when leaders and just people in general are willing to break the mold because I, I, I feel like we often think that we need to be a certain way as a leader or in our workplace, but so often that's not the case. And so here you are writing a poetry book in the middle of these two other business-focused books that are maybe a little bit more traditional in the, in the way they're written, and, and here you are writing a poem. Is that part of your 
intentional energetic presence is that, is that part of what you mean when you're talking about IEP or is that is it, is there something different there yeah, that's that's a great question. So IEP, intentional energetic presence, is the uh, it's the body of work. It's it's my stand in leadership around how we, in my from my perspective, after doing this work for a long time, how if we really truly want to create impact that is the impact we want, and we want to feel really really good, there is a huge opportunity for us to work on our IEP. So intentional energetic presence is being intentional about the energetic presence I bring to anything I do, whether that is going in to lead my leadership team, to lead my employees, to talk to my children, to talk with my partner, to doing the dishes. It's just being really conscious about how the energy I'm bringing to my life is affecting not only myself and how I personally feel, but also how it's affecting the people around me. And so there's an entire, you know, this, there's a, it's, a, it's a really rich body of work, and I go deeply into this, especially in Contagious You, about how you build your IEP. But basically, it's, it is really looking at how intentional am I being about the way I'm showing up, and then what do I need to do to take care of myself to show up better? So then that's when we can take it apart and we look at what's your intention for your leadership what is the energy you're bringing to the table and how are you taking care of yourself so you actually have the energy to lead? And then the last piece is what is your presence? Like how are you showing up and how present are you to what's happening? So the everything I do, the uh, programs I lead, the talks I give, the books I write, everything I lead, it is all based upon this idea of how we show up matters and we have the ability to set the tone at any moment and in order for us to show up well, we have to take excellent care of ourselves. So it's it's all it's all a big mishmash. I love it. So when thinking about your intentional energetic presence, are there different groups that people fall into? I'm thinking about um, personality types and things like that. Or is it really unique by each person? When you're thinking about yourself, what is my intentional energetic presence? What is the best way for people to think about that and to mm. um, to, to understand themselves in that sense? Oh, that's really a beautiful question. Thank you for that. Um, so I, I personally think that everyone's IEP is different. I think that that's the magic of us all being human together as we each bring our own um, genuine energetic footprint to everything that we do. Um, so that's one thing I would just say is, to me, some of the magic in doing this work is learning truly who am I when I'm fully present and I'm not worrying about how I look or doing it right or even leading good, like who or leading well, who am I when I'm just me and I am in service of creating a positive impact and I'm also in service of taking good care of myself. So that's, that's one piece is just that basic, I call it the essential you in this work, which is really looking at what are my core values? How do I show up? How do I show up when I'm not trying to show up in a certain way? I think that's a really interesting question. And then we can look at, you know, our IEP from the standpoint of it will shift from moment to moment based upon what might be needed. So my IEP might shift when I'm leading a room or giving a talk, um, as opposed to when I go in to have a really um, honest conversation with my teenage daughter, you know, so it, it's kind of just being conscious of what am I bringing into the conversation and what stories am I making up? What energy have I already brought in? What decisions have I made? You know, and so an example of this, Josh, is if I walk into a meeting and I'm really nervous about the meeting, there's a way that I'm bringing the energy of nervousness into that meeting. And because I'm nervous, I'm probably not going to be as able 
to be really present with them and to give my best thinking and to offer the calmest presence. And so before I go into that meeting, I can, if I can get conscious and take a moment and a breath to look at, well, what is my intention for this group? What is the energy I'm bringing and what do I need for myself right now? And if I can just get present to this moment, that sets me up to bring in a more effective and um, loving IEP as opposed to walking in with nerves, which is going to be all about me and is not going to be effective. If I'm going in to talk to my daughter or my son about something and I'm really frustrated or I'm, you know, busy or I've got other stuff to like whatever might be going on and I'm not actually bringing in the energy of care and the intention of wanting to contribute and be present with my child, then I'm going to bring that frenetic energy in and they're not going to be able to receive me or feel as safe with me. And so it's just really being conscious with how am I feeling right now and what am I bringing into any interaction I have and how does that help me create the impact I want or not? As you've worked with so many different leaders, you've mm -hmm. probably encountered different personality types, different approaches to life. What would you say are some of the best ways to really be in touch with the energy that you're bringing into a given situation? In addition to just simply being still for a second, which we're mm -hmm. often not very good at, any other mm -hmm. tips that you could give to leaders? Yeah, a million. Um, so w walking in a room, paying attention to how the room feels is incredibly helpful. So there's your internal state that it's good to check in with, which is what we've already talked about. There's also noticing when you walk into a room, what's actually happening in the room? Does the room feel good? Does the room feel tight? Is there a lot of fear in that room? Is there a lot of, does it feel really, ex I think of it as expansive versus contracted? And um, looking at first what it feels like in that room, that can help the leader start to look at how do I want to meet this room where it's at? Like, how do I want to be in service of whatever's happening in the room in an authentic way? Um, the other piece is looking at the impact I'm having. So if I'm in conversation with somebody and I am not getting the result I want um, or they're not responding the way I want them to or I'm feeling that they're not present or they're kind of shut down or whatever it might be, there is probably something that is going on in the way that I'm showing up with them that is impacting that. So I'm always watching for, you know, me being grounded in my own state, but then also watching for how are people responding to this conversation. And if they're responding with resistance or it doesn't feel good, that's a cue for me to get curious about what's going on and what might I want to shift about the energy I'm bringing to the conversation. And the quickest hack for that is if I'm in a room or if I'm with somebody and I'm sensing resistance, the quickest state to jump into is to shift into a state of curiosity or into a state of gratitude. You know, so it's like curiosity being, huh, I wonder what's going on here. You know, I'm noticing that, that you, that you, that, you know, I'm noticing that your body language just shifted. or I'm noticing that it feels really, that, that it feels tense in here. What's happening? If I can shift into curiosity and give people an authentic place to step into for that, um, that dialogue, then all of a sudden I've started to shift the energy in the room. If I can shift into gratitude, you know, of, hey, I'm really grateful that you're spending the time to have this conversation, that can shift the energy. I love what you said a few minutes ago towards the beginning of the interview. You said you are the culture. And I'm wondering what that exactly mm -hmm. looks like. Does that mean that you take on, in some sense, a responsibility or a leadership to be the person that is helping to shape it? How do you how do you understand that that yeah. phrase? Because it's there's a lot loaded into that one sentence. Oh, for sure. And well, and let's be honest, like there's a lot loaded into all this. There's so many different levels of this. So uh, a really good entry point for that for for what you just asked me is if you think about the culture you have right now, 
if you think about the culture you have, a, a good inquiry for any leader or any, any, and, and, and by the way, I think of everyone as a leader. I don't Absolutely. care if you're the janitor or the CEO or you're staying at home with your kids or you're a guard. Like, I do not care. I think if you're leading your life and you want to create impact in your life, you are leading. So, um, and, and I also hold that leadership is a choice. So if we look at uh, the culture, the, the question to ask is, what is the culture I am personally creating? What is the culture I am personally creating? Another question that can go with that is, what kind of contagious am I? So the culture I'm personally creating, for example, in simplest form, if I don't like my culture, there is something that I am doing to contribute to that. If I love my culture, there's something I am doing to contribute to that. And the simplest way of this is, let's just say I don't like my culture. Like Josh, you and I are on a team together and we're like, oh man, this culture doesn't feel good. I don't like working here. It's like they, 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 you know, the whole thing. Well, in that conversation with you, in the conversation of blame, um, gossip, judgment, complaining, I am actually creating more of a culture of complaining, blame, and gossip because I'm not actually being a part of the solution. I'm actually contributing to the problem. So a lot of times people will think that um, they can just kind of sit back and watch the culture and then be in judgment about the culture they don't like. Well, there's an opportunity in every moment to step in to start looking at, well, if you don't like your culture, what would you love to have shift? And underneath every single complaint is just an uncommunicated request. So if you've seen things that don't work for your culture, what is the request that you have or how can you actually make suggestions or show up in a way that is part of the solution? So in the, in the conversation you and I are having where we're not loving our culture, it might, you know, the kindest thing you might be able to do for me in that moment when I'm like, oh, I can't believe how bad our culture sucks. It's so horrible around here. You might say, hey, niece, what would you love to see shift? What would you love to have different? You know, what would your, um, how could we actually start looking at how we could help things go better in this organization? What are the, what are the communications we might have? What are, you know, how can we show up in a way that sets the tone differently. So we start to contribute to creating a better culture. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So you're changing the negative energy to more positive energy. I'm wondering what are some things that we can do to do that contagiously? A second ago, you mentioned something being contagious. I like that idea. And if we can use that for the good, it's a great thing. So what are some ways that we can really be contagious as we're trying to change that uh, momentum, change that direction, change that energy? Yeah, that's great. So, okay. So presence begets more presence. Presence is contagious, just like complaining is contagious. So if you think for a moment, you, you know, you can walk into a room and everybody's feeling good. And there's like a couple people in the room that are kind of complaining and negative energy. Generally speaking, what'll happen is people tend to match the negative energy in the room because the lowest vibration will win unless somebody in that room is more committed to helping things go well. And so, you know, in one of the ways is you look at what is, what is it that I'm feeling around me and how do I want to shift it? And then modeling that. So if I am with you, Josh, and you're not present or you're complaining a lot, I might actually shift into a really great state of presence. And then asking you again, what, what is your request underneath that complaint? Um, the presence begets presence, busy begets busy. So if you're noticing how busy everyone's talking about busy, a lot of times in organizations, um, busy, gossip and a lack of direct engagement are the biggest cultural killers. So busy gossip and a lack of direct engagement. And so any of those are contagious, you know, Oh, I'm so busy. Um, you know, gossiping is contagious and then not going directly. You know what, what I mean by direct engagement is going directly to the person you're having an issue with. So if I'm having an issue with George, 
I keep complaining to you. That's a lack of direct engagement. You're going to then go probably talk to other people about how bad George is. George mm-hmm. is going to feel the energy that it's conta- it's toxic. So if you can take those three things, uh, busy gossip, direct engagement, just those three. And there's, there's a ton that I offer in the books of ways to shift this. If you could take those three though, and start to model the opposite, then that in itself will invite people to step in and join you there. You want to watch not becoming the lowest vibration. Um, what I call the lowest vibration. You want to watch not becoming the lowest vibration and jumping on the negative bandwagon. You want to actually hold your state so you can invite other people to join you there. And the way that you hold your state is by taking really good care of yourself. So it's this big, huge Mobius strip of impact. And this is going to be a massively broad question, but any key recommendations for people taking care of themselves? Yeah. Uh, Watch what you eat. Uh, You know, really every single thing that you put in your body, think about it as fuel. And you really want to look at does what I'm putting in my body does it serve me and help me be a better leader or does it make me tired? I, I look at every or tired or anxious or irritated. I look at every single thing, Josh. I look at exercise, sleep, the people I hang out with, my environment, my calendar. Um, every single thing is either adding to my energetic field and adding to my self-care or it is depleting it. And so I think if everyone listening could just start looking at what is the little thing I can do to start taking care of myself better, um, if you look through the lens of, am I adding to my field or am I depleting it? That right there starts to crystallize a lot because what happens when people, we just did a session last week and what happens is when people leave, they go home and they start to look at, you know, I was going to eat that pasta for lunch, but I'm realizing that I crash at two o'clock or, you know what? I was going to eat that donut for breakfast. And actually I feel tired by 10 o'clock. That's probably not serving me and having the best impact possible. Or, you know what? I'm watching TV until midnight and I'm saying I have no time to exercise and I'm totally tired the next day. Maybe I cut back my TV by two hours, you know, get to bed earlier, cut back social media, whatever it is that's going to help you so I can get more sleep and be at choice around my well-being. Um, you know, the people that we hang out with has a huge impact on our energetic field, the way that we keep ourselves organized. Closets are a big thing. Like there's so many different pieces, but I would say, to keep it, to distill it to the simplest thing, just look at how you're feeling and start to pay acute attention to how everything in your life makes you feel. So if you walk into your office and all of a sudden you feel exhausted, there is something in your environment that's not supporting you. And that is something that, that requires some self-care. Um, the other piece of this is your self-kindness and the way we talk to ourselves. I find that sometimes part of the reason why or part of my belief around why we're hitting burnout and we've got such an epidemic with burnout right now and people moving so quickly and just things are seemingly busier and busier and busier. A part of that is the way that we talk to ourselves and the way that we forget to be kind to ourselves and actually take that moment to breathe and go, what do I need? That is at the base of self-care. So one of the things is you mentioned busyness and we get so busy in life. I'm wondering, can you teach us how to say no? Yeah. No. Beautiful. <laughs> Why is that <laughs> no, so hard? I, no. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm half kidding and I'm not, you know, so, so here's the thing. So we are, this is where I am so in love with the human spirit, because what I see is that everyone, wherever they're at on their degree of IEP, their intentionality, like how present they are, whether they're having positive or negative impact, like whatever's going on, how busy they are. We are all just a bunch of human beings doing the very, very, very best we can. And ultimately at the end of the day, one of the reasons why it's hard to say no is because we don't want to let people down. 
Like we're either don't want to let people down. We're not clear about our intentions. So this is another reason why the IEP work is so important and being really clear about your intention. It's another reason, by the way, why I ask what and who, as opposed to why, um, you know, we're not clear on our intentions. That's a big thing. We, um, you know, we don't want to let people down. We're not clear on intentions and we're not setting the tone for our day, being really clear of what gets in and what gets out. So therefore when people come and they ask us for things, it's really easy to say yes, 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 because it's either a bad habit. You don't want to let people down or you're just not clear on what you should be saying yes to. So I am a huge advocate of when somebody comes and asks me for something, I check in with my intuition first to see, is this a yes or a no? If it's a yes and it feels really clean and clear and I can say it with like a ton of joy and abundance, like I'm fully in your camp, then I say yes. If it's, if it creates contraction, then that is a moment for me. That's that feeling in my body where I go, Oh, I don't know about this. That is a moment for me to get really curious, to stop and to pause and to go, does this line up with my intention? Am I the best person to do this? Do I truly have the bandwidth to say yes to this person fully? And if I can have a little bit of space for myself, I can then more consciously say an educated yes or no. And, you know, you asked at the beginning, how does, how do we say no? There's nothing wrong with saying to somebody, Hey, let me think about that and let me get back to you. So you give a very, very thoughtful no, because the energy of a yes, that actually has a no under it is also exhausting and not really productive for leadership today. So I want to make sure yeah, that, oh, can I say one? Can I say one more thing Absolutely. to that? Sorry, you, 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 hit, you hit something I feel super, super strong about. And I think it's really important is that when we say no to something, we are saying yes to something else. And often that yes is saying yes to our well-being or saying yes to the thing that we're here to create impact around. So that's another piece is it's not just no. It's what are you saying? Get curious about what are you saying yes to? If I say no to you for something, there is something that I am making more important with my yes. And that's something to pay attention to. So I just wanted to add that. Now we're getting towards the end of our interview. I want to make sure though, that if there are any things that we've left out that you think are valuable or things that you may want to reiterate, is there anything that you'd like to leave the listeners with? Yeah, I would just say that, um, one, be super nice to yourself Two, really uh, take care of yourself. I I hold self care and self kind as to the most important leadership skills a leader can have. And three, I would, you know, take a breath, give yourself the gift of stepping back to look at what is it you want to create? What is the, uh, what is the intentional impact you want to create in your life, in your relationships, in the conversation you're having tomorrow, in that meeting today at two, you know, really give yourself the gift of even five minutes to step back and get intentional about what you're creating. Because if you're clear on your intention, this is, this is the secret sauce. If you are clear on your intention and you are taking care of yourself and you're present, everything else becomes easier. Saying no becomes easier. Being vulnerable becomes easier. Being courageous becomes easier. Uh, giving hard feedback becomes easier. And saying yes to the right things becomes easier. So that's the, that's the invitation I would just offer is, you know, get clear on your attention, take really good care of yourself and be present to what you're creating. Cause that's, it's kind of, it, it just makes it easier. Well, Anise, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Where can people go to learn more about your work and to find your new book, Contagious You? Oh, great. Okay. So anisecavanaugh.com is my main site. You can find a ton of stuff on there. There's uh, blog posts and articles, and you can uh, subscribe to all sorts of stuff that, that we put out there into the world. Um, IEP.io 
is a quote unquote secret page that we put out that's got extra resources, virtual presence toolkits, uh, starter kits, all the stuff that we put out for free. We just want people to have it so they can really integrate this work so you can get it there. And then you can find uh, Contagious You and Contagious Culture and Leader You'll Be actually, you can find them all on Amazon, uh, Porchlight, Barnes and Noble and other retailers, indie, indie books and all that good stuff. So it's, it's out there. Um, and thank you so much for the time to talk about this. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. I hope you found today's interview valuable. We'll be back on Friday to discuss the interview and share some of our key takeaways with you. If you want to share some of your own thoughts on what you heard today, or if you want to leave other feedback for the show, email us at community at lifeasleadership.com. And if you think today's interview could be helpful to someone else who cares about becoming a better leader, go ahead and share it with them. Until next time, keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist... It feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and, frankly, better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon. And until then, keep living and leading well. <laughs>